Hi, and welcome to the Breadwinner Podcast. I'm Niels Brian Lowe, and each episode, I talk to a guest about how they're maximizing value from investments in technology like Salesforce and NetSuite. Yep, yep, I know, a podcast about CRM and accounting software integration sounds dreadful. But Breadwinner is out talking to customers, to partners, and to technical folks every day about this stuff. Breadwinner are constantly amazed by the business value that's being unleashed in this space. So we've recorded some of those conversations to share here. Full disclosure, this podcast is brought to you by Breadwinner, who provide products that integrate Salesforce with ERP platforms, accounting systems, and payment providers. But the purpose of this podcast isn't to sell products. If you'd like to know more, head over to breadwinner.com. Otherwise, do just join us for today's conversation. I'm delighted to be joined today by Josh Zyman, who is the Director of Sales Operations at Imply. Welcome, Josh. Thanks for having me, Niels. Well, it's great to have you here. And uh, first first of all, tell us a little bit about uh, Imply and what you do there. So Imply is a startup. We are essentially the commercial arm for Apache Druid. We, Our founders are the ones who actually created Apache Druid. And so we manage the... It, Basically, what what the what the product does is it's a database, an analytics database, so that you can do streaming and batch. I would call it 2030s type of technology that database administrators don't even know it exists yet. So that's what Imply does. Excellent, and and you're you're leading the RevOps and SalesOps teams there. Yeah, so I lead the system side of RevOps. So RevOps is a much uh, I don't I, it's not a big team. It's a team of basically five people who have five individual jobs. So in a startup space, you have a strategic role as well as a tactical role. So you get your hands dirty, but you also set the strategy for, say, in my position, the technology that we just determined to use in sales. Excellent. It sounds like you're in an incredibly exciting space with in, in, in you know, cutting edge high tech out there leading the RevOps and sales ops systems. What are the big themes you're seeing in that whole RevOps sales ops space? What, what, what's going on in that space? Yeah. So what's going on? basically is how do how do you work salesforce into just about everything that you're trying to accomplish from the beginning of the marketing process all the way to customer customer success and so as we all know salesforce is is kind of the standard it's the hub of the hub where all the spokes come out and it doesn't do everything great it does a lot of different things and it does it semi well so you have to find different technologies that manage different parts of the process and at the same time try to maintain less expensive products. You can't always go for the gold standard when you're when you're in the startup space. So that's the challenge, making sure that all processes are, are covered, that they're not manual, and that you can do it within an expense line that, that's fairly conservative. I mean, you, you raise a great point there about, about you know, investing correctly to the scale of the business, et cetera. You know, what other challenges do you see in that whole space when you're trying to connect the customer edge, you know, in this case, the customer edge te- sales stack is the customer edge tech stack is, is Salesforce. But, you know, when you're connecting that customer edge, particularly when you put it at the heart of the business with all of your back office systems, ERP, general ledger, et cetera, you know, are these, are these people challenges? Are these process challenges? Are these tech challenges? What are the, what are the gnarly problems you come across when doing it? Oh, wow. Niels, there's probably process. Uh, problems everywhere across the board that you mentioned there. And I'll touch on each one briefly. With the people, you only have, I don't have a team. It's like me. 
<laughs> Salesforce, everything that happens with Salesforce is me. So you don't have a lot of people. So therefore, sometimes you have to prioritize appropriately. In regards to processes, processes are constantly changing because your business is constantly changing. You have to be able to pivot very quickly in the startup space. In regards to technology, from the standpoint of connecting up systems, it's really important that you make decisions not just on how flashy the tool is that it's going to connect with Salesforce, but you have to make sure that that integration is something that's simple to maintain. You don't have a lot of people. So you want to make sure that you, you have a simple maintenance. In fact, any technology that we look at that will handle a process, I am adamant about the fact that it connects with Salesforce easily and with low maintenance. Do you use, I mean, internally within your organization, do you use an intermediation platform or a, you know, an integration platform, an iPass, or do you do a lot of point-to-point to, to meet that need? Well, what's, what's your general direction of travel? Yeah, I generally try to, to evaluate vendors by the fact that either they have a managed package within the app exchange or an OAuth entry. So we, that would be a dedicated user, although that can get expensive at times because user licenses are expensive. And at the very last part, maybe integration tool such as Zapier. But, you know, I come from a space where I had to learn how to use Dell Boomi, which is not something a Salesforce person should ever learn how to do. So yeah, from that standpoint, like I've avoided it, but also keeping in mind that in our roadmap down the road, we're going to have to get an ERP. We don't actually have a technically a technical ERP. We have an accounting system, but at some point in time, we're going to have to have an ERP and that will demand some type of middleware. There's, there's no doubt about that. It's not going to be a situation where I can just pull something up in the app exchange, not for, te- not for that type of process. Right. Makes, makes sense. And I, I picked up on something you said earlier about the, the need to be able to pivot quickly and make changes, particularly in a fast-growing startup. Um, you know, how important is the, the ability to be for, for solutions to be extensible, to be customizable when you're deploying them in that kind of environment where you know, oh, you know change is going to happen on top of change on top of change? For sure, it has to be. You, you, you can't tell. The problem is that the future is not so easily predicted. So you absolutely need to find something that is manageable, maintainable, and changeable over the period. And you're looking at, and again, we basically do one-year deals with every vendor we have. We don't go beyond one year for the most part. So from that standpoint, if we absolutely had to pivot, we could over a year period. But when we're making our vendor decisions, it's clear that we want it to scale with our business growing at the same time. So when we do buy these technologies, sometimes there's there's parts of the of of the functionality that we will not use up front, but we feel like we're going to use down the road. But yes, it's really important for a vendor to have their own roadmap in front of us and also a belief that if we needed to change, we could do so on a dime. That's, that's super interesting to hear, hearing that from the from the buy side that there are there are there are, a that the short contracts are valuable to you because they give you flexibility and also the insight into to to vendor roadmap is is of value to you. Super interesting to hear that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, what we want is the best solution for us, and sometimes that's not the established company. A lot of times that that may be new tech. There, there's always the gold standard, but sometimes that gold standard is a little bit too expensive. So what we look for is something that fits. And sometimes they're a company our size or even smaller. 
that provide a technology that is new, that has never been, I've never been able to find a technology like that type of situation. And we take a chance. So yeah, that short contract based off of what we perceive to be the value it's going to bring us now and the potential value to us in the future. That's super interesting insight. Taking a step back on, on this, just at a high level, you know, if you were advising somebody else who was starting out on this for the first time, you know, what kind of guidance or advice would you give to a firm that was trying to bind its customer edge to its back office for the first time, or, or trying to make a radical shift in that? What would be your, you know, if you if you were on their board and you were you were giving the the guidance and advice, what would that be to them? God, I wish somebody would ask me that. That's a great question. <laughs> yeah, for sure, you want the base level applications for the base level processes first. You need to get your house in order, get those foundational pieces. You're going to need some type of marketing automation. You need sales automation. I would start there. And then from there, a methodology by which you manage your customers. From there, an ordering process. So those four areas are the most important. So we look at processes like lead to opportunity you know, opportunity to order, you know, quote to cash, and then cash to customer. And if you have processes and technology that can at least manage those areas in a very base level, then you can build off of that as the foundation. That's, those are the, that's where you have to spend the money up front. And then you can get creative when you're going down levels from there. No, I mean that's that's incredibly powerful advice. Uh, you know, I mean something certainly. I'm always banging my fist on the table about sort of crawl, crawl walk, run, do the do do the fundamental stuff first, and do it do it reasonably well, and build out from there. Don't try and hit the run state on day one. <laughs> yeah, you definitely do not want to buy every single piece of technology that you can possibly get your hands on. You know, you'll need sales engagement tools. You will absolutely need those, but they're not important up front. You'll need sales intelligence tools like Zoom Info or Cognizant or one of those tools. But that's not that's not foundational. What's foundational is to get your house in order with your marketing automation and your sales automation. Even just those two to start. Even just sales automation to start. And then foundation and build the foundation from there. That's how you build the house. I think that's incredibly powerful advice. And turning the question on its head the other way around, what's the best piece of advice you were ever given when you were working on any kind of business critical integration? What, what's, the, what's the thing that you grabbed you when somebody gave you a piece of advice and you thought, wow, that, that's, that's game shifting? Yeah, the, the biggest piece of advice I had on integration is f- find the right resource to actually do the integration, number one. Number two, if you can't find the right resource, then find an integration platform that is as simple and as repeatable, really easy to learn and use. These are very difficult things to find. And, and then learn as much as you possibly can about it. That's the other thing, Niels. When you've been in industry for 20, 25 years, if you don't stay out ahead of newest technology out there against the existing processes, you're going to get left behind. So there are now more integration tools that do plug and play much better today than there ever has been. And in the old days, integrations were very heavily coded. Today, it's moving towards some of what our applications are that we deal with every day, much more plug and play, much more able to be handled by a general administrator versus a programmer or developer. 
Well, Josh, I, I thank you so much for your insights and for, for taking the time to talk to us today. I would like to point out to, to our listeners that uh, Josh and I have never met before. A lot of what Josh has just said aligns quite uh, quite strongly with some of the messages we give out into the market. But uh, I, I do want to assure everybody, Josh and I met for the first time uh, about <laughs> 20 minutes ago. So there's no no preamble to this uh, to this recording. So uh, I wasn't again, given uh, questions either, Niels. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> Josh has, uh, has done this in real time and we had never met previously. So I just want to say a huge thanks to you, Josh. A lot of what you said aligns with uh, a lot of the things we, we say with our products and we say into the market. So uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. That was Josh Simon, the Director of Sales Operations Systems at Imply. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Neil. Niels. Niels.